What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of National Pastime. John and Toaster here, and this is our second to last episode before the start of the season, so we thought we'd have some fun, and we are going to be giving you each one bold prediction for each division in the NFL. Uh, some may be more bold than others, but I think as uh, Toaster and I have discussed, we fully believe all of these, even ones that might seem some uh, a little crazy. So uh, we're going to go start with the NFC North. We'll flip over to the AFC and then we'll just bounce back and forth between the conferences from there. Sound good, Toaster? Follow the compass. Follow the compass. North, south, east, west. All right. So I will kick us off the NFC North. My bold prediction, and this is maybe my least bold of all of my predictions. Justin Fields goes 0 and 14. <laughs> God, I hope not. Um, <laughs> the Green Bay Packers will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. And I know that's not too far-fetched. They've been to the NFC Championship game two straight years, won 13 games each of those years. I just think, despite all of the craziness of this offseason, the division's pretty weak, so they are in a pretty good position to just rack up wins and secure potentially the top seed in the NFC, but pissed off Rogers last dance, bullshit, all of that stuff. And when you really look at it, I mean, they're very, very minimal roster holes there. Like the, the path to the Packers not being successful is a lot of really random stuff for the most part. And I know the Bucks returned all 22 starters and Tom which is Brady, shitty because NFL.com didn't return the all 22 film to game pass. So the Bucks can do uh, it, but NFL.com can't come on. Let's get that back so that we can actually study some film. Yeah. The film heads. Oh, that's, that's a tough look for people out there, but uh, so maybe my not so bold prediction here, but the Packers will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. What do you think toaster? I think it's bold because it directly contradicts one of my to be determined bold predictions. Uh, okay. But I can't, I can't blame you in any way. The team, the team, the roster turnover um, really hasn't hurt them at all. If anything, they've probably gotten a little stronger. And to your point, they've been in the uh, NFC Championship game for two straight years, and they've been on the precipice of winning quite a bit. So um, I, I can't, I wouldn't call it the boldest of bold. Um, stay tuned for bolder predictions. But uh, I, I do think that it's uh, outside the mainstream because I think the Bucks are by far and away um, considered to have the uh, number one overall seed. If you're, are you calling, are you saying the Packers have the first overall seed get a bye week week one? Um, I'm not, I'm not fully there. They'll definitely be in the conversation for it. But um, I think regardless, they will have enough piss and vinegar from Aaron Rodgers that uh, they'll push their way through. That's so potentially road, I'd say a bold prediction is a road win for the Packers in the NFC Championship. I can I can get behind that one for you. Yeah. Okay. All right. What do you got? So my NFC North bold prediction, um, it's bold only because uh, I, I, being very specific with the numbers, but... The Detroit Lions start out 0 and 13. 
<laughs> okay. I uh, I hadn't considered that thought yet, but now let's uh, so if we me, run through the reasoning, if we yeah. run through the Lions schedule, um, I only see one winnable game, and that's Week Six against the Bengals. Outside of that, they've got 49ers, Packers, Ravens, Bears for the first four weeks, followed by the Vikings. We talked about the Bengals. Then it goes into Rams, maybe the Eagles in week eight, but then a bye in week nine. Steelers, hey, Browns, week nine. Steelers, Browns, Bears again. So there's really only three winnable games in there. And uh, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to the Bengals that they can that they can take on the Lions. Um, and that the Eagles will have just enough. Um, maybe there's a surprise, um, in one of my bold predictions there as well. Um, but I just looking at their schedule, it's so daunting off the top and they haven't done anything to improve their, their roster, um, from last year. So other than, I guess, if you count getting first picks, first, uh, round draft picks, that's the only thing that they've done to improve their roster in this year and going into next year. Yeah. The thankfully for them, the Houston Texans exist, so they don't have the worst roster in football, but uh, they are pretty damn close. I mean, from a skill position standpoint, they have nobody. I don't think anyone has confidence that Jared Goff is going to all of a sudden regain his magic. Now that he's away from Sean McVay, um, their offensive line looks like it could be a strength, uh, especially if Sewell can get his it, shit figured yeah, out. If Sewell figures out how to block and doesn't just rely on his, uh, his size when he, like he did in college, um, because his short arms are definitely holding him up right now. So he's going to have to work on his fundamentals and that's their left. That's their oh, right tackle at this He's point. I right forgot, they, right forgot now, yeah. that they switched positions on him. You take some guy seventh overall and then say, okay, now play a different position that's less valuable than the position you excelled at. Yeah. Hey, I know you haven't played in over a year, but uh, we're also going to make you play something else that you haven't played in, you know, God knows when. Yep. So yeah, um, they're, they're a dumpster fire. Okay. I can, uh, I can see that. So you think their first potential win is against when? the Cliff Kingsbury list Arizona Cardinals. Okay, and we they 15. did beat they did beat the Cardinals last year. So um, going a little bit historical on that one. Um, I I don't want to project them for a full zero and seventeen season, even though that seems like something Detroit would uh, uh, fall for. Um, they're comfortable. I'm, they're comfortable. I'm, yeah, exactly. They're they're used to this. Um, yeah. but I'll, I'll give them a victory and I'll give it to them in the Cardinals, um, in week 14. Okay. I, I look forward to seeing that. Uh, are we ready to move on? I, we should probably like keep a decent pace here. Yeah. So, all right. Um, so we will transition to the AFC North and toaster. I will let you, uh, kick that off snake style if you prefer. Otherwise, sure. I can take it. Yeah. Um, so my bold prediction, um, I won't take both of mine right now. Um, we'll see what you say, but, uh, Zach Taylor, first coach fired, um, happens after a loss to the Browns week nine going into the bye. Um, I see Burrow, um, just not returning to the form that they expected. And this is a quid quo pro with Burrow to light a fire under his ass that says we're firing your head coach right now, not to fuck with you, not to get you new offensive scheming that you're going to have to just, you know, constant turnover, but to say we're setting us up to hire Joe Brady as soon as he's as soon as he's available. 
Okay, so you are not buying stock in the Bengals offense, at least to start the season. Not to start the season, no. I think that they can pick it up afterwards when Burrow's mentals are better, knowing that he has his number one wide receiver from college and his um, offensive coordinator from college that's going to lead him next year. Um, and it just takes the pressure off of um, you know a considerably um, challenging couple of years for him. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, Taylor's how he's was last year's first year as coach of that. No, team. he's been, this will be his third year. Um, I oh, don't wow. have his record up right now. Let me pull it up. Um, but it is six twenty-five and one through Ooh. two years. So, through two years. um, I okay. think, I think giving him till week nine is probably the boldest part of that. And I think again, that's only so that, um, Burrow feels comfortable, right? Anytime you're shifting offensive coordinators, coaching staffs with a young QB, um, it's challenging. So, they hold on for a little bit and then just too much. All right. Well, uh, damn, <laughs> that is pretty bold. Actually. I, I love a good coach firing prediction. Uh, you're really predicting shit to go sideways. So <laughs> I'm with you. All right. Uh, all right. My bold prediction, uh, is I guess not similar in that sense, but talking about a team's demise, um, the Steelers will have their first losing season since 2003 which was three years before Mike Tomlin even got there. <laughs> that's that's crazy to think about. Um, but looking at their schedule too, I'll go as far as to say that they will win five or fewer games. Oh, wow. So um, their schedule's pretty tough. So I, I think very highly of the Ravens, and I think the Browns are pretty damn good too. So that's four games right off the bat that are going to be really tough for them. They're out of conference or out of division schedule, they play the Packers, they play the Chiefs, they play the Seahawks, they play the Chargers, and they play the Titans. That's that's another five really, really tough games. And setting the schedule aside even and, and their potential opponents, obviously a lot of that stuff is fluid as we know in the NFL, but Ben Roethlisberger's toast. He's just done. I mean, you can throw out his 2019 year because he only played two games. But I mean, last year was his lowest yards per attempt and air yards per attempt of his entire career. And from what I've seen from him in this preseason, I, I mean, Ben's strength has always been this ability to extend plays and then really attack downfield. He doesn't have the arm to do that anymore. And I think when you really get into the nuts and bolts of this team and they're really just scrapping and clawing and hanging on to this dominance that they've had over this significant period of time. I mean, it, well, I went back and looked this up 2003. Like I was shocked to see that that was the last time they had a losing record. Yeah. There's some eight and eights in there, but like, that's just absolutely wild to me. But I think this is the year that, the wheels kind of fall off and they're going to need to hit a hard restart soon. I, I'm going to agree with you with where I was. I did my first roster or my first uh, schedule breakdown, had them at eight and nine, which would qualify in this new 17 game season is just sub 500. Um, but I'm thinking that's with one win over the Ravens, one loss to the Ravens. And I'm worried that the league is actually going to figure out Lamar Jackson and that. Um, I, this was a division I wanted to make my bold prediction that all three, um, 
uh, teams, Ravens, Steelers, Browns would make the playoffs. Rep- make the playoffs. Um, I say all three teams, I guess uh, the Bengals are in there, but obviously I <laughs> shat on that one last time. Um, but uh, now I'm actually feeling a little bit higher on the Steelers than I am the Ravens. So we can, we can agree to disagree Ooh, on this okay. one. Um, I think that uh, I have Steelers Browns in the playoffs and the Ravens just falling out. Really? Okay. That's that's interesting. Oh, we'll definitely have to track that as we go because uh, I'm still a pretty big believer in Lamar, and I, I think even if the league has figured him out to some degree, um, there's there's more that can be done. Although uh, their all their moves that they've made in the offseason sort of build around him from a skill position standpoint, it hasn't exactly worked out. They have a lot of guys hurt, and you know a lot of things up in the air, but. Um, Ooh, okay. So you are not buying uh, that the Steelers will. I think you can scheme totally around. I think you can scheme around them. I mean, what Philip Rivers did last year. Um, I mean, obviously Tom Brady's arm strength hasn't gone anywhere, but his mobility is nowhere near where it used to be. Um, I, I think that they can find some a little bit of magic in that offense to um, keep it viable for one more year. All right. Moving on to the nfc south uh and i will take this one uh this might be my boldest of of all predictions here i think Jameis winston throws single digit interceptions this season oh he's getting benched that soon <laughs> that is that is part of i suppose uh the puzzle here. I do think he will lose some snaps to Taysom Hill. I don't think he gets straight up benched, but he will lose enough snaps to where, you know, you're protecting him from it that way. But I think Sean Payton will for sure rein him in. Um, It's not going to be like Bruce Arians and he's going to be just chucking it down the field, you know, willy nilly all the time. Sean Payton will get that under control. Um, I think they're going to lean heavily on Kamara, especially with Michael Thomas out for a little bit. They don't have a lot of other skill position talent on that team, at least proven not, talent. You're not buying the Marquez Callaway just uh, rejuvenation with two touchdowns to Winston and are from Winston in that third preseason game. He looks good, uh, but that's why I will I will make the qualifier proven talent. We haven't seen yeah. him uh, do it quite yet in the regular season, but. So I think they'll lean heavily on Kamara. They still have a very good offensive line. And I think that will, Sean Payton will use that to his advantage, both from running the ball and by advantageous passing sets um, with max protect and certain things like that. Um, He didn't have a single turnover worthy play in the preseason. I know it's only 22 attempts. But uh, for his career, his turn- he averages about four, four plus percent each year. Yeah. So, um, you would <laughs> yeah. have expected at least one in there. Yeah. So, um, and the last, the last piece, which, uh, I'm not sure I fully buy in, but every time somebody brings it up, uh, I can't, I guess, disprove it, but LASIK, he got LASIK. (laughs) So it'll be exciting to see what he sees finally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe not. I don't know. But, uh, but that's my bold prediction for the NFC South. Jameis throws single digit picks. I'm not going like he's going to throw five. Like, I think mm-hmm. he'll be nine, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's, that's my bold prediction. Okay, nice. Um, now, my bold prediction is to counter your first bold prediction in that I okay. have the Panthers beating the Packers in a wild card game. Ooh. I have the Panthers okay. sneaking into the playoffs 
as the seventh seed Packers solidifying the two seed and just uh, any given Sunday or Saturday at that point, I guess, um, type of opportunity. Actually, I think there's even a Monday night game in wildcard weekend now um, that uh, it tables just turn in the Panthers favor. Um, Obviously I'm high on Joe Brady right now. um, High on that offensive scheme, even watching Mm -hmm. um, Sam Darnold in the preseason, which was happy feet and not impressive. Um, I think they find a way to settle him down um, and really, I think that I'm picturing this as almost like a possession horror movie where Sam Darnold transfers his ghost to Zach Wilson um, when the Jets take on the Coastal Carolina Panthers in week one. And that's just the motivation and the, um, you know, the the mental confidence that he needs to say, okay, I can get beyond this. Um, Coastal Carolina was Zach Wilson's worst game last year. It's happening week one and gets Darnold that confidence. So um, I think that that's the catalyst for, um, I'm going to call it a turnaround because I'm not thinking that the Panthers are going to, you know, obviously challenge the bucks for the number one seed in the division, uh, but be successful enough to win a wild card game. Wow. Um, that would be, that would be wild. That obviously fucks my bold prediction up. Um, I'm not as confident in the Panthers as you are, as anybody that listens to our podcast knows. And even if I'm willing to concede that they make the playoffs, I'm not convinced that they would be able to go to Lambeau and beat the Packers on the first weekend of the playoffs. But um, I think it's one know. of those letdown games. I mean, this is something where that used to be a buy. Um, Packers sure. would have had the t- number two overall seed, would have been resting that weekend. And this is one where they're just looking past the Panthers and saying, okay, this is basically our mini bye week. Let's just get through what we need to get through and um, just don't take it as seriously. And I think that that's a potential trap game for, for them. Yeah. So sticking with the NFC South, then I'm assuming you are predicting the Bucks to be the number one seed then. I am predicting the Bucks to be the number one seed. Okay, cool. So Panthers second in that division? Second in that division. Um, I think the Saints are, are middling, um, but uh, more successful than I thought they were going to be behind Jameis Winston and Tyson, Taysom Hill. All right. Love it. Uh, moving on. AFC South. And I will let you take this one away. Um, the AFC South gets relegated and we go back to the 2002, <laughs> three, uh, football divisions. Um, no, um, it's close. I have that the Jags and the Texans will not win a single game against another division. Oh, against another division. Okay. Yeah. So, so what does that put their like? potential record at have you mapped that out so i have um right now of jags texans combining for um i'll give them the benefit of the doubt and give them four wins between the two of them so from from winnable games outside the conference the only ones i see are cardinals Bengals, falcons jets um they each of them play outside the division um each of them play the jets uh but 
I'm just, I'm not high on Urban Meyer. And uh, I think Davis Mills is going to be taking over for Tyrod Taylor, just because that's what happens to Tyrod Taylor. And there's no reason for them to keep competing at the end of the year or trying to compete at the end of the year. Um, so outside those four opponents, I just can't see a single victory there. And I'll take the field that uh, Cardinals, Bengals, Falcons, Jets can get it done against uh, those two teams. Yeah, the Texans definitely don't inspire much hope. So I, I will give you that. And we've shit on the Jaguars and Urban Meyer uh, pretty handily throughout the preseason. But uh, I have a little bit of faith because of that Jesus-like figure that is now the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, so No, you they got rid of that tight end. Oh, you're right. Damn it. All right. Well, that just fucks everything. No. Um, my bold prediction for the AFC South is that Trevor Lawrence finishes top five in passing yards this year. So uh, to your point, they will be bad and they will be down in basically every game that they'll play. Um, the only way they can be competitive is to let Trevor throw the ball. They aren't going to be competitive in games like pounding it with James Robinson. They're just not. And I think you, you'll see a similar situation to Watson last year where they're just like, just fucking sling it, dude. Like we got nothing to lose. We're down in all these games and the rookie record. So essentially to like be in the top five, uh, passing in today's NFL, you need to be pretty much right at 4,500 passing yards. Um, the rookie record about 200 now with the uh, 17th uh, game. That is true. That is true. Um, I didn't factor that in, but so Andrew Luck has the rookie record. He threw for 4,374 yards in 2012. Justin Herbert fell just shy of that last year. So I think he smashes the, the rookie passing record. And I think you see Trevor Lawrence in the top five. It doesn't mean it will translate to wins necessarily. Um, but so, as we've so how seen, do you, you can how do you up... weigh that wins versus stats as far as the offensive rookie of the year competition? It's really going to depend on what some of these other guys do. I think uh, maybe once we get to the AFC East, um, we can discuss that and, and my prediction there. But I, I think Trevor will be in the driver's seat because of the stats. Um, but there is one thing that I think could trump it. And uh, maybe we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, why don't we just skip to that one now? Okay. Uh, let's just bounce to the AFC East. And my bold prediction in... Um, I don't know. Maybe it won't be so bold to you, but I think the Patriots win the division. So uh, we've documented numerous times that, you know, the Patriots dealt with the opt outs from COVID last year. They also dealt with a lot of injuries. Um, obviously, they, they get healthy and get a lot of those key pieces back. We know how much they spent in free agency. And, you know, you can maybe debate some of the moves, but it, they brought in a lot of talent. I really think that Mac Jones is going to run that offense to perfection. Um, it's, it's not going to require him to put up monster stat lines, but if Mac Jones gets in the neighborhood of 4,000 yards and they win that division. I think that could be the tipping point as far as the offensive rookie of the year race goes, uh, even if Trevor Lawrence puts up like 4,700 yards or something. 
And it, really, the other two key pieces for me are, on some level, I think Bel Bill Belichick is going to want to prove that last season was a quote unquote fluke. You know, they, I think anybody that really watched knows that they weren't a bad team and seven and nine maybe wasn't reflective of the job that, that especially that coaching staff did with that group. But he's, you know, especially with Brady winning last year and they're going to get Brady early in the season, I think he's going to, put like just a masterful performance together with his staff. And then the other key piece, or maybe the biggest piece is my belief in Buffalo, which um, I think we'll see a slight regression from Josh Allen. Buffalo outperformed their Pythagorean wins last year by uh, three. They should have won 11 games um, based on their point differential and they won 14. Um, I think some of that comes back yeah. to earth and, I think it's enough for the Patriots to sneak by him. Okay. Well, we we were close on this one. Um, I'll I'll take my Mac Jones take here. I originally had him as offensive rookie of the year and wanted to give him the most wins all time uh, for a rookie quarterback, which would have been thirteen with Dak Prescott and Ben Roethlisberger. And it sounds like that's about where you're at because to win that division, uh, they're probably going to need 13 wins. I still have them finishing second. So my bold prediction for Mac Jones specifically was that he would go 11 and five or 11 and six, which would match Brady's first season win total. And 20 years later, deja vu 11 wins from the up and coming quarterback in New England and the rest of the league is terrified. Other than the fact that Bill Belichick's probably going to retire um, within the next 20 years, Tom Brady, who knows, but ben, Bill Belichick probably will. Um, but since you took that one, um, I'll actually, I'm going to combine my bold predictions. I'm going to, I'm going to cheat here because I couldn't decide between the two teams. And since we're going East to East, um, Deshaun Watson will be traded this year. Originally I had that, to the Miami Dolphins after starting off the season going 0-5 uh, and seeing the fact that Zach Wilson's taking off, um, maybe not winning a lot of games, but going to be a stronghold in that, at that position um, in, that, in that division for quite some time. Um, obviously, the Bills and the Patriots um, being successful. The Dolphins' first five games is Patriots, Bills, Raiders, Colts, Bucks. Uh, so maybe two winnable maybe games two. in there. And I see the panic button. And the reason I'm combining my um, Dolphins and Eagles prediction is because Dolphins will be at 0-5. Uh, the Eagles win their first game, but then lose their next six. So going into week seven, they're at 1-6. and six. Going into week six, the uh, Dolphins are 0-5. And, and they're going to battle each other for who has the balls to trade for Deshaun Watson first. Because... Doing it after the season is going to be a bidding war that nobody wants to nobody wants to be a part of because there's still going to be that same uncertainty going into the draft. So yeah. I think that one of them takes their their licks, trades for Deshaun Watson, um, and tries to rejuvenate their franchise that way. Um, that wouldn't shock me, uh, especially after we've seen this first week of college football games and some of these quarterbacks that a lot of people had high hopes for came out of the gates very slow looked a little rattled <laughs> yeah um you know this 
could very well be a one QB draft if, as far as the first round goes. Um, and teams that passed on this group of five guys, which includes those two teams that you mentioned, um, might be sweating it out a little bit. So I, I could definitely see that going down for sure. All right. What's your uh, NFC East bold prediction? NFC then? East. Okay. Um, so I'll do... Okay, I have two. Can I do two since we kind you of can do like, two? I'll do I'll do two since I only did half did on the last here. one. Yeah. Okay. Um, my first one is Dak Prescott finishes top three in MVP voting this year. So, um, Dak's going to put up insane numbers. He's going to put up crazy numbers in that offense. He he just is. Their division is very weak. So I think the Cowboys. I. I I'm on the Washington football team train. Like I, I think they will have a really good year. I think Fitzmagic will give them um, a boost, but in general, I still think it's the Cowboys division to lose and you combine his comeback story. So the narrative piece with the numbers he's going to put up and a division title and, and the hard knock screws already there, like just match made in heaven. Yeah, like don't discount the narrative element of it. That's definitely a key piece here. But I think he'll he'll finish top three in the MVP voting. I, I'm not going to go as far to say he'll win MVP, but I think he will be in that conversation for sure. Interesting. Okay, because I wanted to go Mike McCarthy getting fired, but I don't fired. see Jerry Jones getting doing that midseason. Um, so it would be an end of year prediction there. But uh, the part of the reason that I transferred Watson, the Watson trade from the dolphins to the Eagles was for exactly what you said. That division is so weak and so winnable right now Yeah, that if you get a Deshaun Watson in there, it's going to be years before the other teams are able to ultimately catch up with you. Right. The Washington football yeah. team is going to need a long-term quarterback. Um, the dolphin or sorry, the Cowboys are obviously going to need to just, I mean, their offense will be fantastic, but they're going to need to game plan better. And I don't see that as Mike McCarthy's strength. He won one Super Bowl with one of the no. best quarterbacks of all time. Um, they're also going to have issues, I think, longer term from a financial standpoint. Exactly. With some of the yep. contracts they've given out. Yep. Um, so um, I'm absolutely behind you on that. Um, and to the point of quarterbacks not being the strongest in that division, um, I have Fitzmagic ending week eight and riding a four-game losing streak, the Washington football team turns to Taylor Heineke to take on the Bucks in Week 10. So Taylor Heineke has back-to-back -back games against the Buccaneers. All right. All right. I like that. Um, and I want to be clear. I don't this uh, the Fitzmagic benching. That's not because of the fact that he's necessarily playing poorly or that the division isn't competitive um, or like still within reach to them. But they have a stretch of Saints, Chiefs, Packers, Broncos going into the bye into the Buccaneers. So I just think that at that point they see, OK, we're not Fitzmagic's not getting it done. Let's see if we can spur something else and try to finish out the season with the little bit more athleticism, um, a little bit more non-fits magic um, based on what Heineke was able to do against the Bucks in the playoffs. Okay, so we're actually on a very similar wavelength here. Um, so my second prediction is that the Giants benched Daniel Jones in week 12. So 
we know about Daniel Jones turnover problems. I don't think those are getting fixed. So I think that's going to be something that pisses off that coaching staff all year. You mentioned how easily winnable that division is. I th so I think it'll be weak enough that the staff might think that making a change could be the difference that over the last few weeks pushed them in. And really it's, they, they play the Eagles in week 11. And I think that could be, you know, kind of an inflection point for them on their season. If they lose that game, then you're really looking at like, okay, what are we doing here? And Mike Lennon takes over. Um, so I, I think we're on kind of similar paths uh, with that. And maybe the NFC East, you, you talked about relegation for the, uh, the AFC South, but the NFC East might be right there too. Yeah. Um, the Eagles started a quarterback factory apparently, and that's just that nobody is able to continue starting for any of those teams outside of Dak Prescott. Oh, goodness. Yeah. All right. Does that bring us to the uh, NFC West, AFC West, right? Um, yeah. Do you want to keep bouncing back and forth between the conferences here? Sure. We Okay, cool. So let's go to the AFC West. And I, I know we doubled up our things there. So uh, do you want to go or? Sure, I'll, I'll go first. Um, I, I haven't made it a surprise if you've been a avid listener um but only slipped it in um sorry one week um <laughs> with a minor prediction but i i have the chargers winning the afc west oh okay uh do explain because that definitely flies in the face of my bold prediction so i i'm big on staley I think that he's going to turn that defense around, especially with James Derwin and Asante Samuels Jr. back there. Um, he Derwin had, James. Um, sorry, Derwin James. Um, uh, last name first. Uh, but <laughs> what he was able to do with Josh Jackson last year with the with the St. Louis Rams, uh, he's just going to make a forbid formidable defense, and Justin Herbert's going to be able to take care of everything that he needs to on the offensive side. They get Austin Eckler back. Um, I think their line's been significantly strengthened. Um, Keenan Allen's still there. Yes, they did have a drop-off um, uh, at uh, tight end with Hunter Henry going down or transitioning Leaving. to the Patriots. Um, but I, I think that there is actually a sleeper in there. Um, I'll look his name up while you uh, take over. Okay. Uh, I I don't hate that. And I, I almost went, went that route. But the more and more I thought about it, I... Uh, pretty much decided to go the opposite direction uh, in some ways. Um, I think the Kansas City Chiefs will tie the single season record of 16 regular season wins. Um, the more I look about it, uh, like think about it. So the, the Chiefs were talking earlier in the offseason about going undefeated. Several of their players, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, um, had quotes. I don't know what prompted these quotes, but they mentioned it being a goal of theirs to be 20, and 0. and if that's already in their minds, that's something that they're going to attack every single week. I think good teams like them that have been to the Super Bowl, you know, a few years in a row now that you need those types of things to, to continually pull you forward to motivate you. So the fact that they're discussing it, I think is something that is valuable here um i think their lone loss comes to the packers in week nine so the chiefs are coming off 
a short week. They're playing the Giants on Monday Night Football in Week Eight. I not that I think the Giants are going to put up a fight, but short week there. And the Packers actually have a long week. They uh, play Thursday night in Week Eight, so they'll have eleven days between games. And I think that's going to be the point where, you know, I think the Packers are going to roll, as I've mentioned. So I think the Packers give them that one loss then, and that kickstarts them, you know, lights a fire under their ass to basically finish out the season and just run a train on everybody. So um, they'd be tying the 2007 Patriots, um, who went 16-0. and uh, they won't be undefeated, but they will tie for regular season wins. So are you giving them the best record in football next year then? Are you set as your non-bold prediction that the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers go 18-0? 18-0, yeah. Uh, no, I think the Chiefs at 16-1 and will have the best record, and I think they will be back in the Super Bowl once again, and I think they will beat... Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. That is uh, my, I guess, ultimate prediction for the Well, at least season, your pre- but... predictions, you know, line up that uh, you're not picking somebody that didn't win the NFC championship game um, to lose <laughs> right. the Super Bowl. Um, no, good. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I can't get, I can't say that I don't see them winning that many games. Um, I do, I do have them penciled in as a loss to the Packers. Um, I do have them penciled in as for splitting with the Chargers, and I also have them splitting with the Raiders. For some reason, they just do not match up well with the Raiders. Um, and even the Broncos got so much stronger. I mean, with Vic Fangio's defense, you've got Kyle Fuller there, Patrick Sertan, and Justin mm-hmm. Simmons. Um, this league's not going to, or that division's not hasn't been easy for a while, but it's getting yeah. more and more difficult each year. Um, and then to bring it back to another bold prediction, I have him, Mahomes, throwing uh, 10 plus interceptions this year. So double digit interceptions will be the first time since his um, not rookie year, but his non red shirt rookie year. Um, so I guess I'm saying um, if we combine these, Jameis Winston will have less interceptions than Patrick Mahomes this year. <laughs> Put it on the board. I love that. Okay. We'll have to tweet that out. Uh, maybe a little Twitter poll and see uh, how many people agree with us there. <laughs> I'm not saying I agree with that one. I'm saying that if our uh, if both of our bold predictions come through, then come that true. is the result. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, did you find the name of the tight end that you were looking for, by the way? Yeah, it's uh, Donald Parnum. Um, he was he's a six foot eight, two hundred thirty seven pound, twenty four year old. He was on the uh, Houston Renegades in the XFL. Um, just a gigantic human being um jared cook's the only one ahead of him on the depth chart so if justin herbert needs somebody in the end zone i mean six foot eight 240 uh you could you could do worse yeah he sounds like he's the only guy on the team that's bigger than justin herbert and yeah i mean he uh i can't i can't pull up his stats right now but um he was one of the leading receivers in the xfl last year so and he that was more as a um split out wide than playing a true tight end position so um if you're looking for a sleeper out there uh donald parnum all right i like it all right i think that takes us to the end here right last division is the nfc west yeah the weakest division the weakest save the weakest for last in football yeah um all right i this is probably one of my bolder predictions um just based on 
the betting market out here. But uh, my bold prediction for the NFC West is that the Seahawks will win the division. So they currently have the third best odds behind the Niners and Rams. I think that Russ is going to cook and Pete is going to let him and he will do it more effectively with Shane Waldron running that offense. I'm very encouraged by, I mean, the, the elements of the Sean McVay offense that he's going to bring, I think are really going to, like I said, help Russ cook more effectively. It, it, it complements some of the things that he does really well and will, and think in some ways force him to, um, do some other things that uh, will combat his weaknesses to some degree. But I, I think Russ is going to just absolutely pop in this offense this year. Um, they finished first or second in this division every year since 2012, uh, 2012. So um, maybe it's not super bold from that standpoint, but there's just all the money right now is on the 49ers and Rams. That's all anybody's talking about. And I think there is, a land, a last dance factor with these guys as well. I, I had mentioned that with Rogers and the, the Packers and that sort of propelling them to uh, the NFC title. But I think that's, that's kind of the case here with Russ. I think he's, we've talked a bunch about how this isn't going away and uh, maybe it, you know, this is kind of his last stand. He's like, all right, um, I'm going to water under the bridge we're moving forward. Go Hawks, all that bullshit. Um, let's fucking ball out. And then, you know, we'll end this thing the right way. And I, I truly feel that um, the Seahawks are being slept on like nobody's business right now okay. in this division. Well, well, I will give you my bold prediction is that this will be the first division to have three teams with 12 wins. Um, so the Seahawks are included in that. No Cardinal shocker here. Uh, but I still do have them as the, uh, third of those 12 win teams. Um, tiebreakers aside, um, could potentially finish second. Um, I'm back and forth between the Rams and the 49ers only because I do believe the Rams, um, have more talent. I think the 49ers are probably the better team, but the 49ers also have, uh, one of the, the luxury of a worst, uh, last place finish schedule. So, um, they're playing the number four team from last year in all right. of the, uh, interdivision games. So, uh, that's why I give them the edge for first Rams second based on talent and then, uh, third Seahawks. But I mean, with a new offensive coordinator, that's willing to make Russ happy. I, I can absolutely get behind that. I also think uh, the other key for me here is, you, you know, you mentioned sort of the the reasons you can get behind these other teams. The, the Rams have the most talent. The The 49ers have maybe the best team and maybe the best coach um, of all of these guys. The Seahawks have the best quarterback in that division. And that definitely means something. And, you know, there's a reason that they've been, the roster has been fairly mid for a few years now. And they've, yet to finish below second in that division since Russ has taken over as the starter. So um, I, I think that it, I'm with you. Like it, I'm not saying this is a slam dunk that they're going to run away with the division. I think all three of those teams will be right there and it's going to be a game or two, right. That ultimately decides who wins the division. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's the Seahawks. 
Awesome. Well, I, th I think we combined our, our um, bold predictions there again. So I'll give you one extra. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury takes over for Jeff Fisher as the epitome of mediocre coaching. Um, if the Cardinals finish under 500 this year, that will be eight straight seasons, college or pro, that Cliff Kingsbury has finished with a record no greater than 500. And this is, again, <laughs> with the likes of Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray. This is a dude that's getting shots for something that he ultimately doesn't deserve. And again, Jeff Fisher never had more than seven straight seasons at 500 or below. Wow. That is mind-blowing. Uh, and it, to be fair, I think they will finish under 500. I mean, I think their best case scenario in, in my mind, well, maybe not best case, but I, I think like high end when I'm looking at their schedule and everything is probably eight wins, which puts them under 500 in the new 17 game format. So, um, wow. Okay. Uh, do yeah. you, so do you think he, he gets fired then mid season? I think that this is one where he doesn't get fired mid season, or at least doesn't get fired till the end of the year. Just again, to that consistency point that I talked about with the Zach Taylor firing, that there's really not a huge benefit unless you've got somebody in house that you're ultimately trying to give an interim opportunity to, uh, yeah. to get, to get him out of, out of, um, out there early. I think that they're going to want to see what Kyler Murray can do, um, because there's going to be contract extension talks just like, you know, Baker Mayfield, um, no longer Josh Allen, but Lamar Jackson are going through. So they're going to want to see him in his best opportunity to succeed. And I think that mid-season, the season might be lost, but the evaluation of Kyler Murray is just as important to the GM as winning, losing, firing the coach. All right. I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, well, that does it. Uh, do, do you have any other, like, quick hitters you want to you want to pop off before we get out of here no we can save them for twitter keep the keep them wanting more okay all right uh well that will do it for our bold predictions podcast then people um thank you for listening um i think what i'll do for this episode is we'll maybe put the time codes in for when we're talking about each division within the episode description so if you want to uh jump ahead there although I guess if you're listening to this point in the show, you've already listened to everything. But right. uh, anyway, that was a Jamar Chase mic drop right there. Jamar Chase yeah. leads league, leagues, leads the league in drops next year. That's not a bold prediction yeah. though, so that's why I didn't say it. Yeah, there you go. But anyway, we'll um, we'll put this out so um, and clip it out on YouTube as well for you guys. But uh, yeah, we're days from the start of the season. I how stoked are you? right now i could not be happier um i got my new office set up complete with the second tv officially permanently wall mounted for research purposes uh so hoping to continue to bring more and more and better and better content to you the viewers and listeners um now that we've got a proper a proper living room set up there we go all right you're going above and beyond i love it all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. As always, uh, follow us on Twitter at NPTFBall. Uh, drop us a subscribe, a subscription on uh, YouTube and uh, listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Tell your friends and yeah, happy football, everybody. Week one, just around the corner.